I'm really looking forward to returning to our church buildings where we can worship together in person, not just online. And we are busy planning for that eventuality that will hopefully happen in the next few weeks. But actually what's more important than our preparations for gathering together is about looking at the values that are at our core, at our foundation, that are shaped around Jesus and will point us in the right direction as we move forward into this new normal. And that's why over these teaching series, we are going back to basics. We're looking at those values that should be shaping us, everything we are, everything we say, everything we do. Last week, we looked at the value of being distinctive, being different. And this week, we're going to look at a value which I think is, from a personal point of view, one of the most challenging values. And that's the value of being responsive. You would not believe it if you went into my office these days, but when I was younger, when I was a teenager, I had a really neat desk. Everything would have to be laid out in a particular way with a certain distance from the edge of the desk. Neatness was a necessity for me. And I guess that probably went into my spiritual life as well. I liked to, I liked to be in control and I didn't want anything that was liable to mess things up. I remember in my early 20s, I attended a camp called Soul Survivor. Maybe you did as well. And you'd go there for about five days. You'd camp and you'd attend these amazing meetings with amazing speakers. And I used to really enjoy them up to a point. There came a point after it had the speaker and some worship when it was usually Mike Pilavachi would say, we're now going to wait on the Holy Spirit. And I'd be inwardly groaning, going, oh no, this is the bit that I hate. And we'd wait and we'd wait and nothing would happen. I'm like, great, nothing is happening. And Mike Pilavachi would say, no, we're going to wait a little bit longer. And every time something would happen, in some way or another, the Holy Spirit would enter the room and people would cry out. People would laugh. People would fall down. And I would be like, oh, I do not want to be here. On some occasions, I actually left quickly so I didn't have to deal with that because I think for me I didn't want to deal with the potential mess that the Holy Spirit would come and bring into my life I didn't want to deal with the challenges that would face uh, me if I were to go down that route I liked my neat and tidy non-messy life and the Holy Spirit was threatening to spoil all that you see I was unresponsive to the Holy Spirit and what Jesus wanted to do in my life and maybe you're like that as well maybe you are a Christian or a follower of Jesus Christ but you like your life neat and tidy perhaps for you you have compartmentalized your Christian life so you can keep it tidy. You don't want any mess. You want to be in control. You want to be in charge. You want to set the direction and purpose of your life. And you don't want the Holy Spirit, as important as you may theologically think he is, you don't want the Holy Spirit coming in 
and changing you or changing your life and messing things up. In the last book of the Bible in uh, Revelation, John writes the visions, writes of the visions that God gave him. And towards, it gets a bit weird, I must admit, but towards the beginning of the book, in the first few chapters, Jesus gives John letters to seven different churches that existed in, at that time in the area. And you can look at the different messages. And I'm going to look at one particular message for one particular church, the church in Laodicea, which is in modern day Turkey. And it's found in Revelations chapter 3 and verses 14 to 22. I'm going to read a little bit of that. So to the angel of the church in Laodicea writes, these are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither hot, cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. So that was the problem that Jesus had with that particular church. They were lukewarm in their faith and Jesus found that repulsive. Now going back to the title of our sermon, the value we're looking at, which is about being responsive. Do you know the most, you can, most non-responsive a human being can be is when they're in a coma. So they're not dead, but they're certainly not alive either. Everything in their body is functioning, even with the help of machines. Technically you're alive, but you're lukewarm. And I think the danger for us as Christians is that we could become lukewarm as well. We can become non-responsive, non-responsive to the Holy Spirit. And actually Jesus kind of points to what the problem was in Laodicea that caused this lukewarmness. He says in verse 17, you say I am rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. See, when we're in control of our life, when we have it neat and tidy in a nice little package with everything where it is, we do not need anything. In fact, we don't want anything to come in and mess up our life. That was a problem for the church in Laodicea, and I think that can be a problem for me and maybe for you as well, and certainly I think for the UK church. We are comatose. I heard one person say, uh, Whose, whose wife had, uh, was a Muslim uh, convert. She was a Muslim, she converted to Christianity. They lived for a while in, in, in the, the Western world, in the church there, and she wanted to go back home to the Middle East because she said the church was being sung a lullaby. It had fallen asleep and she didn't want to fall asleep as well. See, Jesus's request to that church in Laodicea is found in verse 20. He says these words, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Sometimes we mistakenly use those verses to talk about Jesus knocking on the hearts of unbelievers, non-Christians. But that's not the context of this passage. These words are being said to Christians, two followers of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is saying, you've left me out. It's like you're having your church 
and I'm stuck on the outside, unable to get in. And you're living your life and I'm stuck on the outside, unable to get in. I am knocking on the door. You need to let me in. I'm not gonna knock it down. I'm not gonna force myself in. And that's where we need to be responsive. Responsive to Jesus' knocking on the door. Responsive to the Holy Spirit wanting to come in and change things in our life. But often we don't allow that to happen because we don't want the mess that may follow. Going back to my example of my time at, at Spring Harvest, I remember one particular occasion when we're having the response, the Holy Spirit had come. And one particular uh, girl in our youth group, I was a youth group leader at the time, really was really struggling, she was crying. So we gathered around her as a group and we were praying for her, we were laying hands on her. And it's at that moment that God got me, when the Holy Spirit sneakily snuck in. And when I was focusing on this girl, he got inside me. And I ended up on the floor crying with a couple of people praying for me. And I just didn't know why. I just couldn't stop crying. But you know what? I wrestled back control. I forced myself to get hold of myself and to stop crying because I didn't want the messiness. I didn't want the shame of weeping in front of my friends and those around me. And that's a danger for us, isn't it? That's perhaps what stops us. We don't want the messiness. We don't want the lack of control. We fear what God might do. Because the reality is, if you let Jesus into your life, if you let Jesus into your heart, if you let Jesus into your finances, into your workplace, into your family life, if you allow Jesus and the Holy Spirit to influence your decisions about life, about where you're going to work, where you're going to go on holiday, where you're going to spend your money, then Jesus will change you and he will change your heart. And that really scares us. This is why if you live on a floodplain, you buy sandbags. Because if the, if the rain comes and the floods come towards your house, you put those sandbags out so you don't let the water come in and mess up your tidy house. And we can do exactly the same with the Holy Spirit. When the floods come, we put out our sandbags, we refuse to open the door and we stay secure in our own houses, in our own home, praying that there will not be a leak. And yet, if we want to move forward as individuals, and if we want to meet, move forward as a church, we need to be responsive to what Jesus wants to do and where he wants to take us. And yes, that will bring mess, but ultimately that will bring good fruit as well. You see, when Jesus comes into your life, when the Holy Spirit settles and finds its, finds its place in your heart, then your heart will change. And you will reflect increasingly God's hearts and God's purposes. That you will start to see the world around you through God's eyes. That you will start to weep for those things that God is weeping for. That you will feel led to those people, those people on the fringes, those people on the margins that God is weeping for and so wants to be in his, in his family. And we know this because Jesus gave up the riches of heaven and moved into the neighbourhood. He gave, he gave up everything and became part of the messiness of humanity, the dirty, filthy, human, sinful nature 
Jesus moved into the midst of. And if we're going to become more like God, if we're going to become more like Jesus, then we're going to be called to do exactly the same as well. To not keep ourselves separate, to not keep ourselves neat and tidy and perfect, but instead move into those deepest, darkest, messiest places. Places that are ultimately out there. And perhaps for us, the starting point is to allow that mess to come in here. You see, for the Jewish nation, they tried to put God into a box. They kept God in a temple, in a stone building. That was where God resided. And they filtered out any, anyone they deemed messy from reaching God's. What they didn't realise was Jesus had come. Jesus, God himself, had come into the midst of his people. Jesus associated with a messy, mucky, sinful, dirty people because he loved them and he wanted to transform their lives. And whereas the Jews were really concerned about keeping, keeping themselves clean, not touching anything that was unclean, Jesus touched the unclean things and made them clean. When he wanted to heal a leper that was ceremonially unclean and really scary because he didn't want to catch leprosy, Jesus touched the leper. And rather than Jesus being made clean, he made the leper clean. And because we have God's spirit within us, we are able to do that as well. You see, for those, that church in Laodicea, Jesus makes them a promise. Let's just look at verse 20. Uh, again it says here I am I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door and here comes a promise I will come in and eat with him and he with me see Jesus promises that he'll you welcome us welcome him in and you will find intimacy and friendship with God himself but there is more verse 21 to him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. So Jesus is seated in a position of authority by his heavenly father. And as followers of Jesus Christ, if we welcome Jesus and the Holy Spirit into our hearts, then we too are placed in that position of authority. Well, we can go out into the nations and we can go out into our community. We can go into our homes and our workplace with the authority of Christ, with the ability to bring about change, to touch the dirtiness and the messiness and bring cleansing, to bring healing, to bring shalom, peace in all its completeness. So step one, we need to reflect that messiness in our church. We want to be a messy church because it's a messy world out there and we don't want to be a church full of perfect people. As Jesus said, I haven't come for the, for the well, I've come for the sick. So we need a church full of sick people. We need a church full of people that need help. That we shouldn't be so concerned about the neat and tidiness of our services that we reject any mess that might come in, be it children or addicts or whatever it is. We need to be open to the mess coming in here. And maybe when we've got that sorted, maybe we'd be more inclined to move out into the mess out there and bring about positive change to bring the authority of Jesus Christ, the light of God's kingdom into those places. And the only way we can do that is to be responsive and receptive to Jesus and his Holy Spirit.
See, is Jesus knocking on your hearts? Is he asking to come in? And is your answer yes, or is it no? Are you hiding behind the sofa hoping that Jesus will go away because you don't want the mess? Or are you willing to say, you know what? I'm gonna go with this because I trust God and I'm willing to take the risk and I'm willing to open the door because I know that God has great plans for me. He doesn't want to damage me. He wants to prosper me. He wants me to be the best I can be. And if that involves a bit of mess and a bit of loss and control in my part, then so be it. So who do you want to be as a follower of Jesus Christ?